This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. And have your way through me. O God, anoint these lips of clay to speak forth your word with great boldness and authority. Open our ears to hear you, our hearts to receive you, and our lives to be doers of your word. Father, thank you for this privilege, for calling someone like me to say a word on your behalf. So I ask you, God, to use me in your service. I yield, I yield, I yield. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, our text this morning is in Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, and I will be reading verses 1 through 12. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 12. And I'm going to be reading this from the New International Version. And this is what it says. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in my hand, in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if another time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, look, I'm preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and reform your ways and your actions. Verse 12, and this is what they say, but they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans and we will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Brothers and sisters, sometimes human beings get in the way of God get in the way of God's will because their will is more important than God's will. But God says to these people of Israel, he said, if you repent, I will relent. My topic today is taken from the sixth verse and it simply says, can I? Can I? And this Jeremiah, you know something about him. Jeremiah is a prophet called as a child 
and he's called from his mother's wound, according to Jeremiah 1, and he's called to be a prophet to the nations. But this is the thing, brothers and sisters, Jeremiah was given a very hard task. Sometimes when God calls you, he gives you a hard task. Because, but think about this, brothers and sisters, if God gives you a hard task, it's because he can trust you to do that task. Oh, hallelujah. God can trust you to do the task. But Jeremiah was called to talk to the nation about its sin that was running rampant in Judea and to prophesy to them of the impending doom if they did not repent. But it seems like the more he prophesied, the worse they sinned. And he ministered to them for over 60 years, telling them to repent of their sin. And I think about us today, how long have we lived that God has told us to repent? But we keep doing what we want to do. But brothers and sisters, I want to remind us that we are clay in the potter's hands. And if he has not in any way made you feel the pressure of what you're doing, remember that's God's will right now. But I promise you, if you keep disobeying God, it's going to happen. It can't help but to happen. So we are clay in his hand. And the other thing about this is Jeremiah was the, not the only prophet during his time. He had contemporaries like Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Nahum, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and all of them were prophesying to the children of Israel. And it's just like today, we have preachers on every corner of the earth. I heard South Africa, I heard Germany, which is to say that God's word is being preached and prophesied all over this world. So all nations are hearing about Jesus. But sometimes, brothers and sisters, we can't see the light for the darkness that we're in. Amen. And God will send you as a light to, the, to a dark place, but he will only send you if he deems you ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some people, there's this uh, saying that I heard as I was a younger preacher. He says, some were called, some were sent, and some just went. We've got a lot of preachers that just went. They felt a strong testimony and felt God had called them to go. Some were called, some were sent, and some just rent, went. God will send you when you're ready. Amen. And in this text today, Jeremiah is sent to the potter's house because God wants to give him another message for Judah. And that's good news to us because God doesn't just say something to us one time. He is so gracious as the song, God's grace will cause him to say it to us over and over again. And sometimes we get it, and sometimes we don't. But the reason we don't get it is because we don't want to get it. Yeah, think about a hard-headed child that you had. Or maybe you were the hard-headed child, and your parents kept telling you, don't hang out with that gang. Don't hang out with them because ultimately they're going to get you in trouble. And the fact is, is when the people that we hang out are a reflection of who we are. And um, the, either you're going to influence them to right, or they're going to influence you to wrong. So he's given them another chance, this message. So he says, the word of the Lord came to me. And he said, 
Can I do with Israel, you, Israel, as the potter does? Like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hands. So God is reminding Israel of who he, who he is and what he wants to do, and he's reminding them of his mighty power. God is giving them another chance to get it right. Just like every day we wake up, God gives us another chance to get it right. So when you open up your eyes every morning, brothers and sisters, that's another chance to be shaped and formed by Jesus. Amen? You're clay. You're clay in the potter's hands. Brothers and sisters, clay is dirt. Clay is earth. Webster defines it as a slimy, sticky mixture of solid material with liquid and especially water that clay is soft, wet earth. And God asked this clay, can I? And I like it that God didn't say, may I? But he said, can I? Listen, the word can is an active word because can signifies that you're able to, that you have the ability to, that you have the power to, and that you have the skill to. Can is an active word. That's why Philippians 4.13 says what? All things through Christ which strengthens me. He didn't say maybe I can. He said I can. Can is an active word, and we can do it how? Through Christ. Had he said, may I, he would have been asking for their permission. And he wasn't asking for their permission, just like he's not asking for our permission. And when I see the state of our world, when I see the things that are going on in our world, God is not asking us for permission to do what only God can do. Somebody heard that. Amen, lights. When we see it, God... He's not asking for our permission to be God. God is saying, I have the ability to shape and reshape you. I have the ability to mold you and to make you. But, oh Israel, that's contingent upon you. Can I? Hallelujah. Because God is, God is so wonderful. Do you know he does not force himself upon us? Because if he did, the whole world would be saved. But God drew us to him, and we took the God bait, and we were, fit, we were fished out of that water of sin. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That God drew us to himself. Can I? There's four things I want you to know about creating a vessel. There are four things that you need. First, you need the potter. I'm going to liken that to God. Secondly, you need the potter's will. I'm going to liken that metaphorically to life. And then we need clay. That's you and me. We are clay. But the other thing that you will see a potter needs is water. Yeah, a potter has to have water. Water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. It's symbolic of living water. Amen. I once went to a demonstration of making pottery. And the potter demonstrated to us the ease or the difficulty of creating a vessel. The one, there was a process, but the outcomes were different depending on the clay. 
the same process, but the outcomes were different depending on the clay. First, she took a hard piece of clay. And she took that hard piece of, so this is the process. The potter takes the clay and the wheel is starting to turn. The potter takes the clay and she throws it onto the wheel with some force. She throws that piece of potter onto the wheel with some force. And as that wheel is moving around, the potter is wetting her hands and trying to shape that piece of clay. So she started with a hard piece of clay. And so she was wetting her hands and trying to shake that clay. But it was so resistant to her hands that she could not do much with that clay. It was just hard. It had no give. And even though the water, she was applying water, she could not give that clay to give. That was the, a hard piece of clay. The second piece she had was a combination clay. It, it was kind of soft, but there was something wrong. So she took that piece of clay and she threw it on the wheel. And so she took the water and she was molding it. And everything was looking good. She was shaping it and she was starting to raise that piece of clay into a vessel. But the problem was there was a hard rock inside that soft piece of clay. And because that hard rock was in the clay, it marred the clay in the potter's hand. So she had to remove the, the rock and then throw that piece of clay back on the wheel again. So once the hard piece was moved, the clay was ready to be made into a vessel. And then she had that soft piece of clay. Yeah, that soft piece of clay was malleable to her hand. She put the water on and it was just soft and it was doing whatever she wanted it to do. The soft clay is a soft heart. You have inclined yourself to the things of the Lord. And even though the, sometimes the things that you're asked to do are hard, you've got to remember that the potter is always applying the water, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, no matter what's going on in your life. Hard clay, combination clay, soft clays. Can I ask what kind of clay you are? Only you can answer that question. And that's based upon your experience with God. But I've got some good news for you. And that is that whatever type of clay you are, the potter can shape and mold you. You can start hard, but the potter can make you soft. You can start with a lump of a rock inside of you, but the potter is able to remove it. Because he chose some hard clay. We think about Peter. Peter was the rock. Peter was the one who used bad language. Peter was the one who denied Christ. But did God use him? Oh, yes, he did. It was on the day of Pentecost that Peter stood up and he preached to the assembly. Hard clay. But then God can use combination clay like he used Thomas. You remember Thomas. Tom, they call him Doubting Thomas because Thomas was a follower of Christ. Thomas believed in Christ but he doubted the resurrection. He had to see it. He had to touch it. But the good news is after he was able to touch it and thrust his hand into his side and, to his, and thrust his hand into the uh, hands of Jesus, he, was, he believed 
that Jesus was exactly who he said he was. So God can take combination clay like Thomas. You might start believing and then you go to doubt, but God is able to take that doubt out of you as you continue to walk with him. And then he chose soft clay like John. John loved Jesus. If you read the book of John, I call it the book of love because he talks so much about the love of God in the book of John. John was the one that declared that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It was John who declared the de deity of Jesus when he said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning. He said, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. And light shineth in the darkness. But some of us still don't comprehend him. Oh, hallelujah. But guess what? They don't take no shine off of Jesus. Because he's shining bright. Amen. God is able to work with any kind of clay. But the clay, brothers and sisters, must be yielded to his hands. Three things I want to say, and I'm going to sit down. First of all, God picked you. God picked you. See, God picks the clay. Yeah. And he chose you. And he put his spirit in you so that you can do what he wants you to do. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding, I like this because it looks incremental to me, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, what? According, somebody's reading their Bible, according to the power that is at work in us, God can do it, and, you, and God can do it through you, because the moment you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit came into you so that Jesus could do his work through you. Problem is, sometimes we allow the Holy Spirit to lie dormant inside of us. It's like God gives us a gift, but we didn't receive it. He gave the gift, but some of us have yet to receive it because we think that Holy Ghost is for the Pentecostals. It's for those tongue-talking folks. That's not for us good old Baptists. But the Holy Spirit, whether you want him or not, he's there. Hallelujah. I'm glad he didn't ask your permission to come in. He came in because he was under the command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God picks the clay. He processes the clay. Brothers and sisters, we're on the potter's wheel right now. And that wheel is spinning. And God has his hand on you, wherever you are and what you're doing. And God has you in the center of that wheel. And the centrifugal force of that wheel is keeping you battened down. Because sometimes we'll go off and leave the Lord, but the Holy Spirit draws us back in. Because we are on the will, and the force draws us back in. And the will is moving at a steady pace. 
life. Life is the wheel. And life, I don't have to tell you, has ups and downs, ins and outs, good times, bad times. We're on a mountain sometimes and we are in a valley. But don't ever forget that the Holy Spirit is right there with you no matter what your situation. He laid his hand on you. And he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. There are two responses we can have to the potter. We can relax and allow him to do his work in us. Relax and understand that we're in the hands of the creator of all things. We are in the, in, in the hands of the omniscient God. He knows all things. We are in the hands of the omnipotent God who has all power. We are in the hands of the omni-sneaky God who can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. We are in the hands of the creator of all things. Don't be like the, the children of Israel in verse 12 that says, they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans and we will all follow the stubbornness of our heart. Paul challenges us in Romans 9, 21 through 22. He says this, but you are, but excuse me, let me say this again, but who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? What shall, what is form say to the one who formed it? Why do you make me like this? How am, why am I so tall? Why am I so this? Why am I so that? Who are you to say to the one who formed you, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common uses? God is sovereign, brothers and sisters. You know what that means? God can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do God is sovereign, brothers and sisters, and he's the one that called you. Amen. But when we're, and then after God picks us, after God processes us, then God purposes us. He gives us a purpose. You and I, brothers and sisters, have a purpose. He shapes that clay, and that's what God is doing for us right now. We're being shaped on the wheel. God wants to shape our hearts to receive his word. He wants to shape our minds to follow after our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He wants to shape our spirits so that we can be a light and a witness for others. And then God wants to raise us. If you see a potter, it takes his thumbs inside of that clay and just starts to raise it up. Raising is when God calls you. He anoints you, he appoints you, and he positions you to do his work, brothers and sisters. Now, God can make you a, a cup. He can make you a bowl. He can make you a vase. He can make you a pitcher. He can make you a plate. But whatever he makes you and wherever he sends you, he sent you there and raised you and made you for purpose. And this, the final step in that, after that vessel is shaped into whatever shaped in, it goes into the fire. Woo! Ah, Clark's sister sang a song, though we're tried like silver in the fire, we come out as pure gold. We're tested and we're melted like brass, wood, and iron, but we come out like pure gold. 
The fire of life is life. It's all of the things that we encounter. It's all of the hard times and the good times. But what God is saying to us is that that fire is what's going to solidify you, make you pure, make you solid. When you come to the place where you say, can't nothing separate me from the love of God. I don't care if it's peril or strife or any of those things. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Why? Because I am potter in his hands and he has solidified me. Can you say that today? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I ain't, but some, if you do, hallelujah. But I'm saying, brothers and sisters, that's where he wants us to be. But I want to tell you this, that if you're in the fire, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, don't you? They were in the fire, the three of them, but there was a fourth one in there with them. Can I tell you the fourth one is in your fire with you? Yeah. Ah! I heard a preacher say the reason he stayed in the fire because he knew you were going to come into the fire. Oh, hallelujah. He's in there with you. So I'm done. The big idea of this sermon is can I do with you like the potter does with the clay? Can I shape you? And I see this demonstrated with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed three times. Hallelujah. Remove this bitter cup, if it be thy will. There was something. It wasn't, it wasn't that Jesus didn't want to die. He would be absent from the body and back on his throne. Sin. He had to take on your sin and my sin. That was the bitter cup. But after he prayed, oh God, you know if Jesus prayed, when we pray in our situations that God hears us, but we have to settle it with, not my will, God, but your will be done. And once we settle it, then God, all power in heaven and earth goes to work for us. Not my will, but thy will be done. So he went to Calvary. I can't say it like my pastor said. On that Friday, he, he, he died. Yeah, he died. He was in that grave all night Friday. He was there all night Saturday. But on Sunday morning, early, early, early Sunday morning, he got up. And he got up with all power in his hands. And that power is what saves us. And God didn't save us just to save us. He saved us to change us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can say, I know I've been changed. I know I've been changed. The angels in heaven done signed my name. As believers, brothers and sisters, we are clay in the potter's hands. As a church, brothers and sisters, we are clay in the potter's hands. And as God reveals the vision of this church through the man of God that he has set over this church, we walk in the plan of God. And watch what God will do if we allow him 
to shape us and mold us and make us and fix us where he's called us. Amen. That's all I got to say, y'all. Can I? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank each and every one of we. We pray today. God, we pray today that something was heard or said that touched the hearts of believers and even maybe somebody who is an unbeliever today. That their heart was touched to know that God has his hand upon them. And that God, no matter what the situation, God is able to shape them, make them, mold them, raise them as a vessel of honor to do what he's called him to do. Lord God Almighty, we're the potter. You're the potter and we're the clay. And we want to acknowledge, God, that we will, we will allow you to mold us in Jesus' name. So if you are here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to extend an invitation to you to come to know Jesus. It will be the best decision you can make in your life. You're talking about change that will happen. Maybe your situation won't change, but your heart will. And once your heart changes, other things will change. If you're here in this house today, we're going to ask and invite you to come forward. But if you are online, we want to, if you don't know Christ, we want to pray a prayer with you. And believe, when you pray that prayer, don't believe me, but believe the word of God. As it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, he said you shall be saved. So if you're willing to pray this prayer with me, you shall be saved. Won't you bow your heads with me? Repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner, but I want to be saved. I ask you to forgive me of my many sins. Today, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that God raised him from the dead. And you said if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, if I would believe that in my heart, you said that I will be saved. So I said it, God. Jesus is Lord. I believe it, God. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord. And can you say this? I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Hallelujah to God. I'm saved. Hallelujah. Amen. We give all the God all the praise for this day. If there is no other Yes. Amen. I want to remind you, if you are online and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just type saved, type saved in the text box, in the comments. We thank God for you. Every new creature, we thank God for you. Now, would you bow your heads with me for the benediction? Father, again, we thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. We thank you for your word that you've hidden in our heart 
that we, you might not sin against you. God, we thank you for being our master, our Lord, our keeper, and our king. Thank you so much. Now, benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.